All right, good evening, everybody. So uh, I usually have to explain why I did something. I feel like when I'm, when I'm talking about something, I always want to tell you why I picked something or why I did something. So some of the scripture that's in here. Now, Jonathan always talks about his, his favorite verse, and I think that this is one of mine. I think it's just, it hits me every time I, I read it. It's just a, a beautiful expression of Jesus, and I think it feels, it feels to me like I know Jesus more just for, by watching this interaction that he has. So there's also a little second part to that. That I mean, I prayed about this, and, and it, it's funny. When I pray about the things that I'm going to speak uh, about in Sunday school or whatever, and, and this one in, in, in general too, I, I tend to find out that Jonathan's stealing some of my thunder or vice versa. We've, we've kind of just, things overlap. And it's not by planning and, and you know, but you're going to, some of the, even down to some of the, uh, the verses in here that I've used, you heard a little bit this morning. And I think that just means that uh, the Lord wants us to hear them and, and take them in. But some of these verses, even as much as I like them, there's another reason is one time I heard a sermon on, on, these, on these verses and it was just totally butchered. <laughs> and it was... Uh, some of the, some of the meanings were twisted. Some this, so this something that's so beautiful was kind of twisted to be just really fit a different kind of message that really didn't make much sense. So I kind of felt like it was my way of writing that one time that that happened to me, and uh, making it more about you know what I feel like it's supposed to be. So <clears throat> with that, I'm gonna start out. I don't know if you, if you've ever heard anybody say it or if, if you've said it. I know we kind of touched on it this morning about knowing Jesus. And have you ever heard anybody say, do you know Jesus? And, and I think all of us have. And I, and I was thinking about that. I said, you know, it's one of those things that we kind of just toss around. That's, that's, our, that's our go-to message. Well, that person needs to know Jesus, or I'm glad I know Jesus. But I think about that kind of stuff, and I'm like, what does it mean to know Jesus? What, is that hap- what happens there? And so when we're believers, we, we know Jesus in a few ways. So once we've accepted Christ, you know, someone first had to share the gospel with us. And that, that got us started. You heard the gospel somewhere, and, that, and you had to respond to it. But after we're saved, and we've got the Holy Spirit indwelling us, we kind of have that, that connection with Jesus when we're praying through the Spirit. We know what's going on. We know who, who the Lord is through that. And, and, and then the, the most um, effective way, the way that we know that we're not getting it wrong, is we know it through Scripture, right? And the Scripture part is the hardest part for me, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. I know that I've read the Bible uh, in different phases of my life, and sometimes it's just been about the words. These are things that happened. These are things that people did or said. These are things that Jesus did or said. And they weren't really, they, weren't, they didn't really sink in, I don't think, for me. So if you look at a verse of Scripture, I, what, what I'm finding out now is, 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 as I'm growing as a Christian is it's multilayered. Sometimes there's a lot of things that are being said simultaneously about something, and it's more than just those surface facts. And we're talking about, uh, we're talking in 2 Samuel today, and we were talking, and, and when the Lord's talking to David through Nathan, that the, there were things that were applying to Solomon that was coming after him about building the temple, but there was also stuff that was being spoken about with those same words that applied to Jesus at, uh, and when he came. So scripture's uh, full of meaning, and so, like I said, there's surface facts, but we've got to really learn how to process that, that stuff to know Jesus. And that's why it's important when we focus on scripture that we read it rather than skim over it. And so these verses that I'm talking about, I'm going to use those to kind of 
illustrate some of the things I mean. There's, there's a couple of different themes that go on when we talk about them. And as we look at it, I want you guys to kind of see what it says about the nature of Jesus. I want you to keep that in mind. What does this say about who Jesus is and how Jesus feels and how he feels to those he loves? And I want you to kind of pick up any kind of deeper meanings that you might see. There's going to be some spiritual aspects to it. There's a, there's a theme, there's a spiritual aspect, and then there's like the service facts. So if everybody would uh, just turn your Bibles, we're going to start in John 13. Now as you're turning there, we're, I'm going to start in verse 1. But I think that these verses are kind of a thermometer for our hearts. I think this is, this is one of those things that kind of tells you where your heart's at. I mean, if you read it and you process it and nothing really happens, it doesn't really say anything to you, I think that sometimes that, that says that maybe our hearts are just kind of either institutionalized by church or we're just not, we're not feeling like we should. I think that this for me, if, if I can read this and nothing happens, I know I need to do some praying and I need to do some reading in the Bible. So <clears throat> I'm going to start with uh, verses 1 through 11. Uh, now I'm using the uh, Christian Standard Bible because that's what Jonathan uses, so whatever the pastor uses I tend to use. Um, and this is going to be the foot washing by Jesus of his disciples. So uh, starting in verse 1, before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now when it was time for supper, the devil had already put it in the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God, and that he was going back from God. So he got up from supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel, and tied it around himself. Next he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel tied around him. He came to Simon Peter who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I'm doing you don't realize now, but afterward you will understand. You will never wash my feet, Peter said. Jesus replied, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. One who is bathed, Jesus told him, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet, but he's completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. That is why he said, not all of you are clean. So in those verses, and they, they, they really kind of get to me, you've got Jesus taking people by the dirty, grimy feet and washing them. But if a person's not indwelt with the Holy Spirit and they haven't, don't really know Jesus, these, things are, these are just things, like I said, that Jesus said and Jesus did. And even if they know what the rest of the Bible is going to say or what the rest of the Gospels are about, they may be confused by the fact that Jesus spent his last hours before his arrest and crucifixion washing the grime from the feet of people who've been traveling dirt paths and all day and stepping in all kinds of gross stuff, right? Why would he do that? Why would he spend his last hours doing that when he could be doing any other number of things? But to spiritual people, people indwelt with the Holy Spirit and who know Jesus, I think these verses should kind of tug at our hearts. And we should, when we take them in and let them soak in, we should be able to get a deeper meaning out of them. We should be, feel like we're moved with that. And, and Paul calls this a spiritual evaluation. Um, in 1 Corinthians 2, uh, verses 13 through 15, I'll just read those. Paul writes, We also speak these things, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. But the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit because it's foolishness to him. He is not able to understand it since it is evaluated spiritually. So this kind of spiritual under-the-surface wisdom is not meant for everybody. Nobody, not everybody's going to get it. Um, 
It's for those who are able to understand it through the Holy Spirit. And that's part of the reason even why Jesus spoke in parables, right? There's a, there's a, a story, a surface story that he knew everybody wasn't going to get, but there's that uh, <coughs> spiritual lesson that, that's under the surface. So that's why I kind of, like I said, this is why I, I chose John 13. I feel like this is one of those where you, you see what's going on, you get that you get the, there's an event going on, and you can appreciate it spiritually that this is the Lord doing this for, for the disciples. But um, the thing we have to think about as we look at this and evaluate it is that this is Jesus. This is God made flesh. And Peter knew this. He's, 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 uh, when he sees Jesus about to wash his feet, and it's, it's a lowly servant's task, he, like, he freaks out, and rightfully so, because he can't have the, the Son of God washing his dirty feet. But looking at verses 6, and, six through 8 again, we see he came to Simon Peter, and he said, who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, what I'm doing now you don't realize, but afterward you'll understand. And Peter told him, you'll never, you will never wash my feet. So when we look at how Jesus responds to Peter, and we evaluate that spiritually, it's very different than when we just skim it over the chapter and, look, and looking at these words. So if we continue in the second part of uh, verse 8 for Jesus' response, he says, If I don't wash you, you have no part with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, don't just wash my hands, or just don't wash my feet, but also my hands and my head. Wash all of me. Like, let's get it taken care of. And then Jesus told him that one who's bathed doesn't need to wash anything except his feet, and that, that you're clean then. So if we read that with a believer's heart and we evaluate it spiritually, and we know what Jesus did on the cross for us, we know what the rest of this night is like. We know that Jesus is eventually going to be weeping in anguish prayer about the things he's about to go through. It's got to kind of, it's got to hit you right there, right? So, but we also grasp the spiritual lesson there. First, we understand who Jesus is, and we see that he is humbly performing a servant's task. We should immediately start thinking about what that says about the nature of Jesus and what our attitude towards services would be. I mean, if Jesus can do this, if Jesus can wash the grime off of somebody's feet, then we shouldn't have service that's below our, our standards. We shouldn't have anything that, that we would not perform for the sake of the, the glory of God. And, and Paul writes about that as well in Philippians 2, uh, verses 5 through 8. He said, Adopt the same attitude of, as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity, and when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. So we have Jesus, who's fully man, but he is fully God. As, as, as Paul writes there, he exists uh, with, as in equality with God, but did not consider that something to be exploited. So if we see Jesus, the Son of God, devote himself to humble service, then if we evaluate that scripture spiritually, his spiritual beings, then we should really be reflecting on our service. And I'll tell you one thing is it's the nominating committee. I know Bill's going <laughs> to think about this. But the nominating committee shouldn't be begging people to do anything. They should have to turn people away because that servant's heart is, 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 is growing inside them. And as for Jesus saying, one who is bathed and doesn't need to wash anything except his feet, we also know that underlying spiritual meaning there. Though we're clean when we admit we are sinners and believe in Jesus and confess our sins, we still sin daily. And we still need that foot washing to kind of get us through the spiritual grind we've been walking through. So when we look at John 13, we see that, but we also see love throughout the chapter. And that kind of tells you why Jesus would take this thing on. So if we want to know Jesus, 
we have to know about love. And we have to show that love to others. So that chapter, chapter 13, starts with Jesus with, uh, with them being told uh, that having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. It starts with love. And because of this love, we see Jesus who keeps teaching lessons with his foot washing. And he keeps serving, including washing the feet. And as from his time through his death on the cross, he's fulfilling all the prophecies he needs to do and all the things he had to do in order to make sure that he was, what he was about to do on the cross was accepted by God. And he did that for all of us. And as Paul wrote, he was obedient to the point of death. So taking our sins continually to the Lord, getting our feet washed continually, we don't have to wonder about what Peter felt like. Because if you think about that passage, you might think, what would it be like to be sitting just a foot away from Jesus? He's grabbed your feet. He's started to wash them in a basin. And he's drying them off gently out of love for you. I mean, that has to be, for all the things that Peter went through, you know, after, after Jesus' death and, and all the, the, you know, the way he died, you have to think that that's the kind of stuff that moved him to be able to do the things that he did. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff that, that drove the disciples, powered by the Holy Spirit, to, to set the world on fire with the gospel. That this act by your Lord and Savior to wash your feet. And so when we take our sins to the Lord, that happens to us. That's every time. We have that same experience with, that Peter had. We not, may not see Jesus physically, but we do have that experience that Jesus is holding our, our sins, our grimy feet, dirtier than their feet were physically, and he's taking care of it. And so that same love that Jesus showed his disciples while he's washing their feet is the same he has for us. And he also shows his love in other ways. I mean, we've been shown his amazing love and his grace by having our sins forgiven. I mean, we were loved enough for him to have died in order to make that happen. And so I think if you ever feel down about the kind of person you are, if you look in that mirror and you don't feel good about that person who's staring back, know that that person is someone Jesus sees and Jesus sees a person that worth dying for. And that is crazy awesome. So when we're taking this kind of approach to love, I know I've talked about Matthew 22 a number of times and that Jesus said love is the greatest commandment, loving God and loving others as yourself. But um, so to know him, you've got to know that kind of love and you have to show that kind of love to others. And here in John 13, even though there's a lot that has to do with the, the betrayal he was about to face, he knew that that uh, Judas was about to do what he had to do to make things happen. Uh, Jesus still found time to emphasize the importance of love. This is the stuff that Jonathan talked about this morning, the, 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 the verses he had. But in verses 34 and 35, Jesus says, I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So, if we take all of that stuff into account, all the things we just heard, how do we evaluate what it means to know Jesus? I think it means that we have to know what his love is all about and make sure that we show that love to other people. And even though we're never going to be perfect like Jesus, um, we have to try to align our hearts to that heart that we see in these verses of Scripture. And I think if we lack that love for one another, we don't, end up, we don't have that necessary foundation for Christian life. And I've been guilty of that myself in the past a number of times. But that lack of love for another is the foundation of all kinds of problems in the church in particular. It's the source of grudges. It's the source of gossip. It's the source of feeling bad. It's the source of alienating people. Um, 
you got to start with love or nothing's going to be successful. And also, if we know Jesus, we know the importance of humbling ourselves in service, as he did. And again, in order to have that servant's heart, you've got to have that love as a foundation. Because when you, we see that in church as well. When you lack that servant's heart, and you end up leaving, you end up leaving your church family and even the community by proxy, you leave them hanging. Because they're stuck with doing anything or any things that just don't get done. In a church... Um, it also leads to a, a small group of people doing everything, right? You end up having these people who are the superheroes of the church. Everybody knows that they'll get it taken care of, and so they just let it happen. But those people end up getting burned out. They, and if you let them get out, burned out for too long, you end up shutting the doors for good. But if we know Jesus and we love our church family, we shouldn't let that stuff happen. And so the last part about knowing Jesus is if we know Jesus... We know the importance of the Great Commission, sharing the good news with other people, and being out there in the community. And we are supposed to be obedient to that fact. And that kind of obedience to God, we also have a perfect example in Jesus from what he did here, obedient to the point of death. So I'm going to close out just saying, if, if you have, anybody has any kind of wondering about on any of this stuff, if there's... If there's a, a question about people who've been bathed in salvation, if you don't know what Jesus did for you, or if you just have something in your heart that's just kind of nagging at you, if you have a grudge that you can't quite get past, or something's bothering you, something's keeping you from that, that full-on experience that you need to have with Jesus, if you have any of that going on, you've got to get it taken care of. You've got to get it out in the open. I, I, don't, leave the door, don't leave the doors of the church without doing it. If you've got something on your heart that needs to be taken care of so that you can get back into things, then that's what, that's what you need to do. And if you find yourself not, having, not thinking that you have any talents to share with the church or not knowing how to do those things, I'm sure there's a ton of people in the church who can tell you what you can do. Because uh, there's people with talents who don't really express them. Some of them uh, probably need to hear this that aren't here, but that's the case. They, there's a lot of people with talents that, just, that have been given to them by God, and they, they, could, they, have, they could use them in service, but I just don't think that they know that they can do it. So I, for those people, I would just say stop missing out on that blessing and stop missing out on the blessing that you can give other people. And for the folks that do take care of everything in the church, the people that get saddled with everything, and you're feeling burned out, I think that's also sometimes that you need to come to your church family who's supposed to edify you, build you up, lift you up, and get you back into things. We should be taking care of each other and making sure that we take care of those folks that are feeling that way so they don't feel that way anymore. And just let them know they're appreciated, even if there's nothing you can do to alleviate the pressure right now. But basically, if you just have anything in your life, just get in the way of being the person Jesus wants you to be, and just don't let it hang on. you got to let that stuff go, and you need to let your church family help you out so you don't need to keep carrying it around. And uh, with that, I'll close us in prayer. Heavenly Father, I uh, thank you for the time that we've uh, had together here today. Uh, I hope my uh, words were, were pleasing to you and that they, they, uh, that they were able to touch hearts either now or later. And Lord, I... Uh, I just pray for all the things that were said here. I pray for this church that, that we all have a loving heart modeled after you, that we know how to do these things, that we can grow in, uh, in just spiritual uh, maturity with knowing these things. Lord, I ask that uh, you just be with the activities during the week, that you be with the uh, Chick-fil-A spirit night and all the things that we're going to be doing, the, the men's breakfast. I ask that these things are pleasing to you and that we, uh, we can glorify you through it. And I just want to just ask for traveling mercies for everyone who's not here. And as we leave here tonight, 
that you protect us through the week, that you keep us all safe. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.